Oh, okay, so now we're both doing impressions. I see how it is. Yeah? I'm sorry. Um, we're back with more of uh, Digimon Adventure Zero Two. We are. We are. Uh, two Gays Pod. I'm Adam or Gigantic Smalls. I'm Michael or Mr. Smalls. You can just introduce yourself as your Twitter name. Your Twitter name is not Mr. Smalls. That's true. My Twitter name is, um... Michael O'Neill, A Deal With God. Yes, it is. Yeah, and you didn't even watch Stranger Things. No, but I've been listening to Kate, I've been listening to Kate Bush for a long time. So. Okay, you're an OG. I am. You're an OG. An OB, original Bush. An OB. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stranger Things, lots of parallels with Digimon. Are there? I guess there's two worlds. There's two worlds. One there's world like is monsters. like monsters. There's monsters. There's people being dicks. There's like a group of young people banding together to like fight against the monsters. Mm-hmm. I, I They both have a girl with like really short hair. Yeah. Kari's hair is like pretty, pretty short. Yeah. So I see the, I, the cinematic parallels. Mm-hmm. So we're back with more uh, Digimon Adventure Zero Two. We are. We are here for episodes four, five, and six today. Yes. Which was a good batch of episodes. Yes. Not not to spoil my overall, you know, my specific mm-hmm. opinions, but overall, I think a good batch of episodes. Um, all of them had their moments, and uh, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. those moments. Are you? Did you enjoy this? So, like in the first part of. Uh, Digimon Adventure. Uh-huh. This was like we're getting the kids are getting their champion level Digimon, and like we're learning more about like the digital world and File Island specifically. Like yeah, versus this, we're like right into the action. So which yeah. are you preferring this more? You think or the original? Um, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I think like the fact that this is the second season necessitates that like it can't be like six episodes of them each getting a partner and having the partner digivolve. Like, it can't... What? I'm just... I'm laughing because the, um, the reboot of Adventure 2020, which was, like, a celebratory, like, you know, victory lap for these kind of characters, uh, just decided to give us all of the champions and ultimates within, like, the first 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I just... I, I like it. I, I think it's, like, it's like, doing a good job of introducing characters while also being plot. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're learning more about the villain in general. I felt like the beginning of Digimon Adventure, like, season one, it was basically, like, okay, here's the villain, and each episode you're just going to fight one of his minions, and mm-hmm. it's going to be excuse for their, for your partner to Digivolve. Right. Which, like, you're not actually learning anything plot-wise, like, once that happens once, the next four episodes or whatever are, like, no extra plot happens except for here's a new character. Mm-hmm. We're in this episode... Or occasionally, a little, like, a little bit of a, like, plot stinger or whatever. Yeah. But in these three episodes, like, while there is the recurring plot of, like, they're going after these shrine tower things... Oh, um, that's what we start with in this section. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In this section... Um, even though that is, like, okay, all three episodes ostensibly, like, have that as, like, the goal of the episode, we're also learning more about the Digital Emperor and, like, what he's actually doing across the digital world and the characters are developing, too. It's mm-hmm. it's a more fleshed out, I think, version of what they were trying to do in Adventure 1. 
Yeah, it definitely feels like they're they're more, the plot is more involved. Yeah, like, look, this is um, and we'll get I, we'll get I have a point to make about that later. So. Yeah, should we jump right into the? So we'll jump right into the first, the first uh, of this batch, which is episode season four. two, episode four. Uh huh. Which is called Iron Vegemon in English, or Digimon Kaiser, King of Darkness in Japanese. Not Kaiser. Yeah, he's called the Digimon Kaiser. Oh my god, is he, is he like a Hitler? Yeah. Jeez. Oh. They were like, no, no, oh my no, god. no punches pulled. They're like, they're definitely like, this guy is evil. Little German boy, no, don't let the Digi Emperor put a dark ring on you. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't think of a. This is a darker ring. <laughs> I like how your German is, like, almost more Swedish than German. I would like to apologize to the entire um, country of Germany. That's okay. I don't think... I I think... I don't think they're allowed to get mad about stuff like that. I think it's still too soon. I think they have to take that one on the chin. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they'll be able to edit this out. So, this episode starts with a recap from Cody. Yes, I ran out of that, too. I was like, oh, the narration is from Cody. I like that. Well, he's a... I love Cody. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Not a good boy, though. Freaking Davis, I swear to God. This oh. episode's gonna be a lot of me being like, God, Davis sucks. Because well, he sucks. This episode starts with a jailbreak. It does. By Kabumon trying to free the Gazimon because we see that Gabumon has been captured by the Digimon Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he escapes by being um, uh, hit off of a cliff into a river. Escaping the river and then calling Matt on the television. Yes. Well, it also starts with them. They break out the Gatsumon and then also it's like a oh. it's like a double thing. Oh yeah, there's there's two jailbreaks. Yeah, which is cinematic parallels. Mm-hmm. But during the first jailbreak, they get out and there's no guards, and of course, all of them are like, "That's weird. Why were there no guards? He must have be plotting something or whatever." Well, and then, and then except for Davis, who's like, no, he just, he took one look at us and he was so scared that he ran away. And I'm like, yeah. bro, he, he built an entire infrastructure for a prison. Shut up. Yeah. So in this first, yeah, Davis is also thirsts after Kari. Yeah. And then Kari once again is basically like, screw you, Davis. I agree with TK. Yeah. The a recurring theme. I, I, I like the journey Davis goes on. But he is real grating in these first couple episodes. Yeah. Um, he's real grating. Um, the jailbreak with Gobamon you mentioned. Interesting that Red Vegemon's like, take this, and pushes him off a cliff into a river, which actually just is, like, helping him escape. Mm-hmm. Well, also, Not very well thought out by Red Vegemon. That, um, even though I already goofed. <laughs> um, so we talked about in the very first episode of this season that, like, they added more American jokes. Uh-huh. And in this episode, we start off with, like, Davis mentioning that he has a peanut butter and jelly bean sandwich that's been in his pocket for over a week. Which clearly was added in the dub because it's, like, zoomed out, so they don't need to worry about, like, matching the lips. Yeah, and um, it's... You know, although with, like, some later jokes, I don't think they also really care about matching the lips and stuff. Yeah, it's just one of those, like, throwaway lines that kind of is, like... We don't know how to feel this time. Well, no, it was like let's add more American jokes to make for the kids, but like that's not funny. Like, yeah, it's gross. It, yeah. ma- it paints Davis as dumb again. Yeah, it like 
there a point I have is like later on for this episode is like they're just doing too much with Davis. Like he's got too many character traits that are unlikable in the beginning, and I don't remember if all of them get resolved. Get resolved, which like I don't think that they should all have to get resolved within the span of this series, this season, because. Like, spoiler alert, there's going to be more stuff with these kids later on in the franchise. Yeah. Um. So then, then we're on to the, the Gabumon jailbreak, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Yeah, I just wrote, oh no, Gabumon. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that, um, this was a scene of, Gab- like, showing us that Gabumon is still very determined and fearless. Or not even, not necessarily fearless, but, like optimistic and like we'll we'll run into things head on and also when he's like i need matt i'm like you do need matt and matt needs you he was gonna help his friends because before he was really shy yeah and then because they did the whole first adventure and he became friends with matt Uh uh-huh he um he now is a good friend but what i noticed is is that not that they don't get the dark rings put on them even though they're uh, captives of the Digimon Emperor. That's right, they don't. Are they just be bad dudes in general? Who? The Vegemon. Um, no, the Vegemon have the dark rings on it. Oh, you're talking about the ones they the, captured? The yeah. Gabu- Gabumon and the Gazimon. Yeah, I wonder if it's like waiting until um, like they can manufacture more of the ring. I don't know. It's probably not, it's probably not that deep. I'm probably overthinking it. Why did they bring the Gatsumon back? Why was that was not a good idea? Like, to the digital world, to the human, to the human world. world. I mean, yeah, I don't really know either. It was cute though when Cody was like, "I'll just say they're part of my uh, sculpture class I'm taking. These are my first masterpieces," and they all did like classic artistic poses. It was very camp. Why is there a Cody like a smoker? Because Cody kind of talks like that. Did you know that in this dub? Uh, Cody is the same voice actress as Mimi. I love that. Yeah. Maybe she's a smoker. I don't... Well, I mean, she's dead now, so... Oh. Yeah. Anyway... It's about damn time to talk about um, <laughs> how they cut to Matt's band. Wait, I had more to say. Oh, okay. Say more than say it. So they talk about how the old Digivices from the Gen 1 kids, like don't work anymore yeah so how did ty get into the digital world to help agumon in the first episode didn't he come with somebody no he's it's the episode like it starts off with agumon being like ty help me and then ty gets a call on his digivice from agumon and then somehow it's in the digital world to release the digivices to davis yoli and cody um plot armor because he's a protagonist with spiky hair a protagonist I liked how you said that. Hawkwon says protagonist. No, Hawkwon does not. You did, though. I like your accent. Where are you from? Boston. <laughs> you said that so resentfully. Boston? Ugh, I know. <laughs> okay, Red Vegemon? The voice? Yeah. Camp. Yeah. He sounds like Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. No, he does not. Doug Dimadone has like a Texan accent. This guy just sounds like an like a disgruntled like surf shop employee. Okay. <laughs> du- 
Doug Dimmodome literally says, I thought he sounded Southern. He says, I'm Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Yeah, and I thought Red Vegemon sounded Southern. No, Red Vegemon sounded like the, oh, you better not, like, go over there. Um, then Gabumon gets beat up, and it's sad. Yeah, but he also escapes because he gets beat up. And he, he smell he becomes stinky. Yeah, and then he calls for Matt, and then we cut to Matt, whose band slaps. Yeah, they're actually like very good. I want to hear the whole. Does the whole song exist? I don't know. Like his, his band doesn't even have a name, so I don't know what to look up. I think they a name later on, like in a later on episode. Okay, but I really did not take advantage of. Digimon's musical stylings when I was a kid because yeah because like the Digimon music is not the type of music you listen to now it's not like it had a it's not like you were like yeah I'm oh, gonna be a pop punk kid now I like all of it yeah but you like nowadays you don't like the like in the the, the songs they put at like in these episodes have kind of like a like a Jimmy Eat World like Blink 182 energy to them and mm-hmm. it was like not the bands you listen to today at all so it's like yeah it, it didn't saying, like it didn't carry outside of i'm saying the past me it was dumb for not taking advantage of these listening to this kind of music it was <laughs> much cooler oh my god okay we meet davis's sister june mm-hmm. i think she sucks <laughs> you think she sucks yeah i mean i think she sucks but in like a funny way like not um, in i think that uh you think that because she's a girl and as gay guys were, like, programmed to stand a problematic queen. But, like, I think she's just as annoying as Davis. I think it's genetic. Well, she's, like, a groupie. She's, like, I have every cute yeah. boy I see sign my shirt, and it's I haven't yeah. washed it in two years. We also, we've been, like, sidebar for our adult listeners, who are probably most listeners that we have, all three of you. Um, We've also been watching Rock of Love. Yep. June is giving very Destiny more from Rock of Love Season 2 energy. Yeah. We're a very much a groupie. June does become a recurring character, and I do think she becomes less annoying. Okay. But in this, she is annoying to me. She kind of only shows up in this episode for like a second uh, to serve a purpose later on of Davis like being an ass. And also they... We'll see. They just openly talk about the digital world in front of June. They Yeah, I wrote that too. They just say... Um, I hope Gobblemon's okay. Like, right in front of Dig- June, and then they run away. Yeah. So, they go into the digital world. Bitch, that's June. Oh, bitch, that's June. I was waiting to say that, and then we moved on, so I had to squeeze it in. Uh, we should put that in there. That clip of, corn- the of cornbread. Of- bitch, that's June. Every time June shows up from now on. Yeah. Bitch, that's June. So... We still have not figured out their costume changes. Like, why do just Yoli, Cody, and TK get to, uh, uh, and Davis get to change their costumes? Yeah, and then a couple episodes from now, their bags are also part of the transition sequence. Like, they get, like, yeah. like they'll, 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 it's like their silhouette, and then they land on it, and then, like, the Digimon also does the same. And then, like, they zoom into the screen, and then the bag that they're carrying, like, grows and follows them and zooms into the screen right behind yeah, them. Yeah, but that also happens with Cody, uh, with Kari and TK's bags. Yeah, I don't but, know. But, like, only Davis, Yolene, and Cody get to change costume. Maybe because it's just, maybe it's for, like, because armor, it's supposed to be, like, because, oh. like, armor digivolve, like, changes, like, have their outer. Talked, have you brought that up before? No, that's my first time thinking of it. That's a, that's a good idea. I just thought of it now. I think it's just supposed to, like, I never thought be of a loose tie in. I've seen this season, like, six times. And I taught you something. I've never thought of that. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, th- I think that might be it. And if not, I'm choosing to believe because I can't think of another reason that would be better than that. 
Unfortunately, though, in this episode, we don't have Yoli for a lot of it. She stays behind. Yeah, we don't have a lot of Yoli in this episode. She, like, goes, she, like, leaves for some reason. She stays behind because Izzy still has her digivice. He's examining it. Yeah, but, like, why'd they even bother with that, you know? Um... For, just, to, just to give an excuse of not to have Yoli there. No, because he um he accesses the map that they get at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um. So then, while they're in the digital world, um. Oh, I have some more notes. Um. This town that they were captured, Gabumon and the Gazimon were captured in, is called Santa Korea. Yeah. Which I just thought was funny that it had a name. Yeah, and they were like, oh, it sounds like California. It does. It does. <laughs> um, or like anywhere Spanish-speaking. And this episode, I feel I felt like we were really in, introduced to the control spires. Yes, that was like the, that's, that's kind of, this episode also kind of, this episode also just kind of helps like establish the pattern that we're going to be seeing for the next couple episodes of, yeah, it's, okay, it, here's what they got to do to. It's starting us off on the first arc, kind of. Yeah. As opposed to, like, getting us warmed up to, like, the characters. Now it's like, okay, you met the characters. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty early on also in this episode, we're introduced to the plot, which is going to be Davis Learns to Care. Yeah, this is a this is an episode of, like, oh, Matt used to be, like, I, I mean, Ty used to be, like, rash and, like, have weird ideas. And Matt would be the level-headed one to be like, no, we have to be careful or pick our battle or whatever. And now the exact same thing is happening, except instead of Ty, it's Davis, where Ty is just, Ty, Ty you just be saying shit. And Matt's the one who has to, like, mm-hmm. like, like, there's one part where Davis says, like, we should just, we need to charge in and just go for it and, like, because we can kick their butts. And Matt is like, no way, we need to be strategic about this. And everyone agrees with Matt. And then Davis gets all mad. And then they talk about, like, T- Potamon says, like, watch out for the digital sludge attack. And they're like, okay, we'll be careful. And now all of a sudden, Dave is like, oh, we shouldn't go in at all. We should just leave because we can't put Kari in danger. Um, and they're once again like, no, we're going to do the thing we just said we're going to do. We'll be able to handle it. Yeah. And it's just Davis being a contrarian because he wants to be well, the one with the it's idea. it's also annoying because, like, we saw the same behavior exhibited with Ty. Yeah. For... Honestly, the majority of the first season. Davis just wants it to be his idea. He doesn't even care what the idea is because he changes it completely in two seconds. But, like, Kari is more than capable of taking care of herself, except for when she dodged to the side and somehow hurt her ankle. Yeah. Um, Big mood, girl. Big mood. Um, So, Gachaman comes up with a plan to sneak them into the city. Yeah. And it's disguising her and a couple of the other Digimon with, like, plastic dark rings that they somehow yeah, find. Yeah, making it look like the Digimon are, like, on the Emperor's side and, yeah. like, they capture so prisoners. She, she thinks pretty deviously. She's smart. I mean, earlier she says, like, how come they call them rabbit ears? When's the last time you... And not cat ears. How come you never saw... When's the last time you saw a rabbit curled up on top of a TV? Yeah. So I was... She's got jokes. I was going to say that, um... Her devious thinking seems to me like a callback of her time as Myotis Mons Lackey. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. that I think, I wish that they kind of more, like it was more obvious that that's what they were doing. Yeah. 
I had a comment about, you had a comment about Gachaman's jokes. I think Gachaman and Armadillaman have the best jokes. Yes. For, uh, like, ones that are clearly American. Yeah, I think so, too. Also, like, what an interesting animal for them to make a Digimon partner. Armadillo? Yeah, because... he's primarily defensive. But they also don't have those in Japan. Like, at all. Yeah. Oh, at all. Oh, at all. That's true, yeah. And they, they, I mean, they would have known it, they, I mean, I mean, they know it's going to air in America, but they also... Obviously, they, they, like, people in Japan know what an armadillo is. Yeah. But, like, we kind of, I mean, we, we didn't, like, technically really see any, like, Japanese-specific Digimon in the first season, but everything was, like, something that was kind of... Universal. Like, with universal, a bird, it's a plant. Like, yeah. It's a dinosaur, which, like... No one has that. But Hawkmon is also pretty Americanized, I think, even though he's British. Yeah, but I think at least Hawkmon is like a bird. But Hawkmon has like a and like it has Yeah, like, he's like specifically like an American looking bird. But, no, he has like first of all, he looks like a bald eagle. Yeah. And then he has a belt around his head with a feather sticking out of the back, like very yeah. Native American. But, but he still falls within the general category of like a bird, which is like recognizable, but armadillos are like their own weird little guys. Yeah, armadillos only live in the American um and, like, what would so. you compare an armadillo to? It's not really similar to that many things. Like a porcupine, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're in their own, like, order or whatever. I don't know, they're, science. It's just a little guy. But, anyway, as we as they are, like, sneaking out the back way to head up towards the control spire to, oh, like, this take is it great. down. And by great, I mean awful. I mean, but great, also great. I, both TK Davis... And Kari all have, like, a problem with Davis not getting along with his sister. Well, I think they have more problems. Davis is, has had an attitude the whole time. And TK is like, oh, let me be nice and, like, be friendly with Davis. And TK's like, hey, I met your sister today. And Davis is like, oh, yeah, well, I bet you chuckled a little crap about me and told me that I wet the bed and that I da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
I also feel like they, like, yes, Javis is an idiot, but they, like, treat him like a dumb baby. Like, they made fun of him before for, like, getting TK's name wrong, which, like, is a dubism that I find very annoying. Like, yeah. uh, to me, para me, um, it makes more sense for Davis's character for him to be kind of obsessed with TK and how Kari is so into him, so, quote unquote, so into him that he knows exactly how to spell TK's name. Yeah. But the dub decided to make a choice because this was the 90s or I think, or maybe even the year 2000. I can't it remember. It's the year 2000. Um, that Davis was gonna not remember how to spell TK's name and also be kind of dumb. Oh, I think he's doing it on purpose because he's being petty. I don't think so. I think TK is petty. I don't think Davis has that in him. I think that they, the writers chose to make Davis dumb for some reason. Okay. And because there's a, there, there is the scene, the animation of him getting TK's name wrong and them all laughing at him. So either that is a bit from the dub that they're, or from the sub that they're using, or they're like, that's a different joke in the sub and, like, he says something different, and they laugh at him. hmm I mean, I, it probably is something about him being dumb. Like, so, you know, anyway. But then that leads into Vimon being like, Davis is upset, I have to cheer him up. Yeah. Which is kind of the point, one of the points of this episode is to unveil Vimon's attitude and how badly he wants to protect Davis and how he wants to be da- well, make Davis feel good about himself. Le- it's leaning into the Davis learns to care about Vimon kind of... Uh, thing I brought up earlier that like because in the first season every kid had to learn the lesson of well when my Digimon when I'm in trouble my relationship with my Digimon is what's going to cause them to Digivolve just to help me so because they have the armor to Digivolution right off the bat they mm-hmm. have to like have a bonus episode of learning Something about their Digimon partner, probably. I can't remember if, like, Cody and Yoli also have episodes like this. But, anyway, Gazimon, so cute. <laughs> yes. I love them. Uh, they're trying to get, So, them walking up this hill and bullying Davis about his relationship with his sister, which is none of their business. Um, and I will stand by that point. Uh, they get to the top, and it's a it's a cliff. It's the cliff that Gabumon got pushed off of. Oh. I mean, that's what I assumed. Yeah, I know. That makes sense. Uh, and they're like, how do we get down from here? Oh, no. And I was like, Patamon and Gatamon could armor Digivolve to Nefertimon and Pegasusmon and, and fly, fly everyone down. Well, no, they can't because of the um, tower. They can armor Digivolve. Just oh. fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the whole point. That's the whole intro- reason they introduced Armor Digivolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, that was kind of silly to me, but this is an episode about Davis, not them, so. Mm-hmm. V-Mon, such a good boy. Yeah, he basically, like, goads Red Vegemon into beating him. Like, he's beating him up, and V-Mon's like, I gotta make Davis happy. 
And then he tricks Red Vegemon into punching, or I don't even know if he does it intentional, but he he gets Red Vegemon to punch the tower, which breaks it, and then everyone can all of a sudden digivolve. Yeah, Vemon armor digivolves to Flame Vermon to take him on, and then we get Garurumon. We do get Garurumon. Um, which was a cool, I, I like Garurumon. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because it's the same crest, but I still don't get why when Flame Jermon digi armor digivolves, they cut, like, part of the transformation sequence is a quick cut of, like, Agumon and all of his digivolutions. Because it's the crest. Because it's the same crest, but I still think it's kind of dumb. Well, it, they also do it for Armadillomon and for... Flame yeah, Jermon. I noticed it, I noticed that later on, but this was the first time, because this was the first one we saw in this batch of episodes. Yeah, I don't think it's dumb, because I think that we kind of are... Like, because... I mean, War Greymon has the Crest of Courage on his shield on his back. Yeah, I get that it's the same crest. I'm just like, how come... I think it's because those one Digimon embody this crest. Okay. Um, I made another note about Davis's Americanized jokes are the worst. I don't remember what the joke was, but it was the worst. Yeah, I... Yeah. The other friends arrive. Yep, Ty and Yoli and I guess Izzy... I can't remember if Izzy was there. Uh, I think he was because he told Yoli he was impressed by her, which I thought was like kind of a passing of the torch of like, cause Yoli is like, Oh, once we take out the towers, everyone can armor digivolve and like figures out basically everything that's going on. Once we get rid of Yoli the Yoli really should have gotten the crest of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So Yoli basically does what Izzy would have done in season one. Mm -hmm. And Izzy's like, I'm impressed by you. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So Yoli's going to do the stuff that Izzy So then do. they're going to bring the Gatsumon home. And Ty's like, don't worry, I'll lead the way. And then Kari's like, I'm right behind you, bro. And I'm like, we get it, Kari. You like your brother. Ty's cool, I guess. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, Kari has had some high highs so far for me in this season. Like, I like that she's more independent and she's more going to, like, get the job done. She knows what's going on. Her and TK clearly should be the leaders of the team. Mm -hmm. But I do think that she, like... I don't think she owes Davis any kind of affection. I do think she is really mean to Davis. Okay. I I think I think that she, like because Davis clearly likes her and he's clearly not a bad person. He's just like a doofy, clumsy little boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that he, I think she's really mean to him. I think she should give him. Um, not a chance romantically. If she's not into that, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I think she could be a little bit nicer to him. Yeah, I guess he's kind of like a stalker to her, though. Not really. We don't even know if he knows where she lives. Yeah, he just—that's the cute girl in his class that he's got a crush on. Um, one thing I thought was funny at the end of this episode was like they cut to the digital emperor, and he's like. Oh, they took out one of my spires. No matter. Um, I'll just I'll just build another one. Um, I, soon, within like a year, I'll have built spires all over the or yeah spires all over the entire digital world. And I'll have everyone in my control, and then no one will be able to stop me. And then it like freeze frames and says like to be continued. And the narrator's like, "What will the Digi Emperor's plan be?" And I'm like, "He literally just spent 25 seconds telling us what the plan is." Why you... <laughs> what will this plan be? I don't know. Maybe the shit he just said. So after the narrator guy is like, what, what plan will Digi-Emperor be? Maybe the one he just implemented. 
Um, we launch into the next episode. So, but this episode ends with our new mission is to destroy the control spires. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's like setting up what the arc is going to be. Yeah. So the next episode is season two, episode five, Old Reliable, or in the uh, Japanese, Destroy the Dark Tower. Old Reliable is a very good name for this episode. Because who comes back? Uh, Nathan Detroit. What? From Guys and Dolls. What? What? They sing, it's the good old reliable Nathan, 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 Detroit. But in this sense, it's Joe. Who has the crest of? Um, sincerity in the sub, but reliability in the dub. Yeah. Which I think suits him better. Yeah. Um, I, well, I started off this, um, note taking with just Wormon with little hearts around it. Oh, I, um... I did that, but with Gomamon. Oh, I wrote Gomamon become ungovernable. Yes. So the Digi Emperor is like whipping um, these Gizamon. Um, Which are different than Gazimon. Yeah. Gazimon Very are confusing like, for them to be back to back. Gazimon are like little rabbit guys, and then like Gizamon are like hairy frog guys. Yeah, they're like little orange frogmen. Yeah. Um, frogmen. Um, and he's whipping them and like making them build or drag something yeah and then it's kind of unclear gomamon steps in to be like hey don't stop they need that. to sleep yeah they need rest and then uh the digimon emperor says the first per- the first gizamon to defeat gomamon will win a prize or yeah. something and they then they defeat gomamon and the prize ends up being slavery yeah yeah and wormon does some says something here that i thought was kind of weird which is? Wormon says, oh, they've done it, Master, and I'll tell them what they've won. Which yeah, I'm like, maybe Wormon is like hoping for something good to happen. That's absolutely what it is. Wormon's like, oh, he'll do a nice thing for once. But it kind of does also feel like weird, because Wormon clearly knows that the Digimon Emperor is not a good person. But also, I think Wormon has like belief that there is some good in there somewhere. Yeah. Maybe Wormon knows some stuff that we don't. Um, and then I wrote, yeah, this whole section with the Gizamon, I thought was kind of horrifying. It was pretty scary. It was pretty brutal. It was very intense. And Gomamon is, like, kind of maybe, it's also in, like, a snowy tundra world. Mm -hmm. And Gomamon's, like, about to, like, freeze to death. And he's like, I need Joe. Just the way, like, Gabamon was like, I need Matt. So Gomamon calls Joe. And Joe, we we see Joe at school get, like, a emergency alert on his digivice Mm -hmm. which he still has with him there is also a a good dub joke here where they say um they're like joe is talking like two classmates and they're like i did just study for the big anatomy test and the other guy is like yeah i spent my whole night looking in the mirror what about you joe that's really funny i miss that and then joe is like i gotta go see i gotta go i I, I just remembered that i need to remember something that's what he said um I wrote, uh, when Gomamon gets left in the snow, I wrote, Gomamon, no, not the boy. He gets left in that snow. We see he, so, he, yeah. he almost dies. Yeah, it looks like he's going to die. Uh, but he, like, crawls towards the TV to call Joe, like how Gabumon called Matt. Uh, do you think the Gen 1 Digimon know what TVs are? I feel like there were TVs at some point in... No. There weren't. Okay. Like, 
like I'm saying like I'm just because I'm saying because I've watched the first seasons like thousands of times okay there there weren't TVs and like they didn't really have time to like sit and watch TV in the first season oh you know what though I bet Gabumon does because Matt's dad worked at a TV station didn't they all also spend a little bit of time in the real world? They did, but they, like living with their. But people? It, it wasn't like there was. We never saw them just like watching TV. You know yeah, I mean? but I think we can assume they know what a TV is. Yeah, but I bet Gabumon especially knows because Matt's dad worked at the TV station. Yeah. Bring back! I can't. I, I can't wait for to see but Matt's also, dad again. Well, why is it a TV and not a computer? Um, because TVs are technological, and, and TVs. Yeah, were, but they're not like communicative. TVs were um, digital at this point, so... Yeah, but that's not, like, a device you can use to... I mean, I guess nowadays you can, but, like, it's not like you can... you In the 2000s, you could just, go on your TV. It's just a portal. Oh, okay. Um, now you're thinking with portals. Joe also has a new haircut, which I like. I just want to throw that out there. You, you know, we mentioned that in the last episode. Um, the last episode of our podcast. Yeah. So... Davis yells at Cody on the stairs. Cody is going to go home, and Davis is like, well, we have to save the digital world, and Cody's like, I have kendo practice. Mm-hmm. I have to stick to a schedule. This furthers my... With my grandfather. Yeah. This furthers my Cody is autistic theory, because a sign of autism is, like, a frustration with not being able to stick to the schedule. Anyway. <laughs> then Davis is like, whatever, and then goes into the computer lab, and says something dumb, and then also, like, thirsts after Kari. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, well, Kari finds Davis in the hallway, and um, Davis is like, me and you, Car- me and Kari, alone in the dangerous digital world together. And then Kari says something, and then Davis says something about taking French, parlez-vous. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. I can, I can deal with him thirsting after Kari, I can't deal with him also doing that while being dumb. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Um, Is that when we cut to Cody at practice? Um, No, I think that... Oh, I wrote one thing. Yoli said something about the Digimon Emperor. And I wrote, Roast him, Yoli! Get him! Drag him! I just like Yoli. I think she's fun. So now we're at Kendo practice with Cody and his grandpa. Who loves prune juice. Yeah, I have some questions. The first one being, the first, my first statement being that, like, I like the character of Cody's grandpa. I like that each Digidestin that we've met before and that we've, we're meeting now in the new season has a family member that plays an important role to them. Like, Ty obviously as Kari, but also, like, their mom is, like, a recurring character. Mm -hmm. Um, Sora had a relationship with her mom. Matt and TK's parents played big roles in in the Myotismon arc. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe's brother was there. Mm -hmm. Mimi has both parents as an only child. Um, And then Izzy's mom and dad, I thought, were great characters. Yeah. So now we're meeting... We've met Davis's sister, who obviously is going to be kind of significant to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're meeting Cody's grandpa. But um, he has a very thick uh, 
stereotypical Asian accent. But, like, in English. But in English. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. And it's weird because, like, Digimon does not shy away from the fact that they are... In Japan. In Japan. Yeah, like, there's a whole plot point in the next episode that there's a character who does not live in Japan. Yeah. So, it's weird to me that they decided to do this. And to me, it feels like maybe they were pressured by Fox to, like do more of a like bit with Cody's grandpa like a more of a Mr. Miyagi to situation yeah, I think it's also just like it was the year 2000 and they just didn't but take they, it seriously I mean, enough they did weird stuff in the first season like where you know that adult woman who was trying to pick up Matt in the real yeah. world but this like I mean I guess they didn't really have time to do like anything racist <laughs> But it, it 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 feels out of place watching it in the year twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's just a tone. It's all. It's also just like a tone shift of a character. Yeah. It's we. It's weird. Um, and it's weird to me that like they are Asian. Yet he is the only one who speaks this way. Like so, to me, I'm like, is he supposed to be like Chinese? Like, uh, but he practices kendo, which is a Japanese. Thing. I I don't I don't think they put that much thought into yeah. it. I think they were like, let's give him a silly voice, which happens to be. A racist voice because it's the year 2000. Also, do you think that that is prune juice in the sub? I don't think it's alcohol, if that's what you're asking, because I don't think he'd be offering Cody alcohol. I think it, I don't know if it's prune juice or if it's like another, maybe another fruit that's more common. Maybe it's yogurt. I think, no, I think it's a drink because it's in like a weird like pouch thing. Yogurt comes in a pouch like that. I guess, and I guess you can slurp it, but like, I don't know. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a drink. I think it just might not be, like, prune. I think it might be, like, something mm-hmm. more local. I don't know. So, Cody is um, distracted during his kendo practice um, because he feels morally conflicted with having to stick to his schedule. And not defend his boy Armadillo. And not go and help the others, specifically Armadillo Mon. Yeah. Um, and then Cody's grandpa... Kind of encourages him to go help his friends. Yeah. So then Joe and Cody, in separate instances, both show up before the others can enter the digital world mm-hmm. to join them. And um, he's so happy to see Cody. There's a very cute moment where Upamon is like so excited to see Cody. Yeah, he's just like, Cody, 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 Cody! It's very good. Um, Sweet boy. And then uh, Davis calls... Um, Joe, Joe the Doctor, which I just wrote, Joe the Doctor. Like, Megan, Megan the, the Stallion. Stallion. And then, uh, Yoli asks Joe to check, check out her tonsils, which I was like, oh, Yoli, <laughs> hitting on Joe. Taste. She has taste. Um, and Joe is, like, so prepared to go into the digital world. He has medical supplies, he has all this other stuff. He has hand warmers when they discover that he that it, they're going to like the tundra area. Uh huh. I love that Joe is so prepared. Yes, he's a good boy. Um, and then he says, Davis says something rude, which I'm like, well, okay. Um, Joe says he watches all these survivor survival shows. He's watched Bear Girls drink his own pee. But I think that. That wasn't on TV at the time. And probably definitely not in Japan. 
Then yeah, I don't know what he's. I, I think that Joe watches Survivor. I don't think even Survivor was a thing. I think Survivor no. started like two thousand one. No, I think Survivor was on in two thousand. Yeah, but it would have had to have been on for them when they were like writing and producing the episodes. Yeah, maybe maybe it was. Maybe. Anyway. Um. Um. Yoli drops her like hand warmer and it melts a little bit of the snow and we see that Gomamon is completely buried in snow about to die. I love Gomamon. And then they pull him out and he's like, they're like, wake up. He's like, okay. I drew a little face. You did draw a little sad face. It's cute. I was cute. like, oh no, Gomamon, not the boy. I know. But then he's okay. He's, he's, bru- he's bruised up actually pretty bad. He's not that okay. And they are gonna go build a sled to destroy the control spire. Yeah, because they gotta get across some ice. Which... Kind of a throwback to when their file island friends in the first season helped them build a raft. Yeah. And then on the way they encounter some Frigimon who you oh, see safe. But not but we Okay. There was a note. Uh, we get to see Armadillamon and Hawkmon use their own attacks. Because we've only ever seen Vmon use his V headbutt. Oh yeah, we get to see yeah. Um we get to see him out of battle. Where Hawkmon are uh Armadillamon uses his claws. It's like claw Claw Crusher or something like that, and Hawkmon's attack is Beak Buzzsaw. Yeah, which is very convenient for this quest, where um, they're chopping down trees. Yeah, so now we get to see the, fr- the, the they're coming up to the control spire, but it's being guarded by a, a squad of Frigimon. And this, we get a line from TK that I thought was stupid, where TK says, what's that around their leg? Bitch! Boy, we are five episodes in, and in each episode they have had a a dark ring around them when they've attacked you. Yeah. You know what's around their legs, TK. Uh, you shut up. Also stupid was the amount of times that they showed that one animation of Frigi- the three Frigimon doing, like, their punch yeah. blow attack. Well, we'll they showed see, it, like, three times. We'll see that in the next episode, too. Yeah. We do? Uh, yeah. The repeat of the same um, animation. Oh, uh, I think I know the one you're talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. So, I had a question. We see the the Digidestin evade. So they're on their sled and it's being pulled by the Digimon. Yeah, this is another case of Davis being a moron. Joe's like, we should think. Yeah, but Davis agrees with Joe and, and we, they move on. But what? Not at first. Yeah, but uh, he's outvoted again. And- Joe, Joe says they're fast as they should evade. And Davis is like, no, we should just fight them. And Joe's like, no. And then Davis is like, fine. Okay, to be also fair though, um,. They do agree later on that Davis should fight them because Vimon becomes Flame Dramon. Yeah, and, he can and just these melt them. are Ice type Digimon. Yeah, which Flame Dramon has told us already are weak to Fire type Digimon. Mm-hmm. So uh, Davis wasn't entirely wrong. Yeah. So they evade the Frigimon's attacks. Yeah, and you have a question. And Cody falls off of the sled into the frozen river. Yeah, which honestly, they do a pretty bad job of driving the sled, honestly. Well, they're like a bunch of kids. They don't know how to freaking drive a sled. Well, it's the Digimon are driving it. The kids are just on it. The Digimon, none of them are equipped for ice and snow. Okay. Fair. Vimon walks on two legs and for some reason he's running on all fours. Yeah, okay. Um, my question was, do you think that the Digimon Emperor's dark rings could control Gomamon's marching fishes? Why? Because. 
forgot that Goblin Mind Attack was called Marching Fishes, didn't you? No, I actually didn't. I just think that um, the fishes are also Digimon, so that's why. They're not Digimon. They're just fish. Are they conscious? Yeah, they're adorable cartoon fish. Yeah, but like, do they have, like, can they speak? Or are I mean, they just they, animals? Every time they appear, well, no, they're like anime fish. Then no. I was I thought they were Digimon. No. They're then, then, then first of all, that's kind of dumb. Second of all, no. No, they're part of his attack. Yeah, but like, why are there animals that aren't Digimon? For food? There's a bunch, well, we're going to get into a lot of stuff that is in the digital world, but it's not Digimon. Okay, then yeah, fine. Then no, he can't control it. So I mean, he can in the sense that if he if he put the black ring on Golemon, but other than that, no. Yeah. So we finally decided that that we're gonna let Davis do what he does best and fight the Frigimon. While someone else, well, the rest of the group goes to defeat the Control Spire, but Joe stays behind with Cody because Cody's Cody like freezing. Is, is, might be hypothermic. And they get encountered. But but. Before that, we hear um, Flame Dramon fight the Frigimon, and he says, Flame Dramon, the fire of courage, mm -hmm. but as an attack. Yeah, they don't, they, they do stuff. That was silly. Um, so, we see the Digimon Emperor comes upon them with Shellmon. I wrote a note here, which is, sorry, but Shellmon's fucking ugly. He is. Well, He's we, ugly. Well, we saw Shalman in, in the second episode of the first season. Yeah, I just want to remind you that he's fucking ugly. I think he's kind of cute. No. I think he's cute. I think he looks like a water Greymon. He's got, like, gross fingies, and he's got, like, weird hair, and he's, like, got a gross face. I am sorry, but he's ugly. I mean, like, not to tell you your opinion's wrong, because, like, I think he's ugly. Okay. Well. He's also a villain, so, like his fault he's being controlled I know um and they fight Shelmon with the power of charm yeah Gomamon is like I got jokes 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 yeah and Joe tells him these jokes and then Joe's like these jokes are crappy <laughs> yeah so instead of doing the sensible thing um they instead they decided to do the sensible thing where uh, Armadillomon armor digivolves to Armadillomon armor digivolves to Digmon, the drill of power. Mm-hmm. And he protects Gomon and Cody. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, and then they... they, 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 they this is a weakness of this episode. It cuts back and forth, like, without really any bumper from, like, the Flame Dramon versus the Frigimon and then to uh, Digmon versus Shelmon. And, like, it just kind of cuts back and forth like it's happening, like... Because they're happening at the same time, but they're happening apart. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I just, it felt disjointed to me at this part. I thought the editing, that was a bad choice editing-wise. I don't think so. It didn't bother me. Um, but we, Shaman is defeated, and then springing forth from the depths of the ocean yeah. is Abidramon. Yeah, because um, Digital Emperor is like, I have plenty more slaves where that came from. I'll never run out. So, so now that, yeah, now a bigger baddie is here. So, Abidramon, yay or nay? Yay or nay in terms of... Do you think he's cool looking? Um... He's, like, kind of cool looking. He kind of looks, like, almost too much just like a big, like, crayfishy thing. I don't know. Sure. 
neutral. So his name is Abidraman, which is, like, Abi is, like, shrimp. Yeah. So he's a shrimp dragon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm neutral on him. Yeah. Uh, Wormmon says something cute again. Yeah. I just love Wormmon. And then yeah, they, I don't protect. Well, they just, well, they, uh, Abidramon, uh, drags Digmon into the water. Oh, I know what he says. He said, what's plan B? And Wormmon's like, I, I don't know, I can't spell. No, that's a different thing. Never mind. That's the next episode. Okay. Um, and then, uh, but Flamedramon takes down the tower and Gomamon digivolves into Ikakumon to save... Yes, we um, missed him. Digmon. And then they pull him out, and I just wanted to write that I really love the watercolor backgrounds in Digimon. Yeah, they're pretty. Like, there's something so unique about it. And after this season, we don't see them ever again. Really? Yeah, we Aww. don't see them again until Digimon Ghost Game, which is the current season. Not even the reboot has them? No. That's a shame. Um, one thing other this episode, when they're, like, wrapping up and saying, like, we did it! Before they go back home, they very explicitly say... Cody is almost like part Izzy and part Joe. And I'm like, okay, thank you. We got it. Even though I think that Cody is more like Joe than Izzy, and I think Yo Lee is more like Izzy. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, uh, but Cody also makes a point to finish his introduction that was interrupted earlier to Joe, and then also makes a point to invite Joe over to his house for... Uh, prune juice with him and his grandpa. Aww. Which I thought was very sweet. And then Kari also says she wants to come. And I cry, and I cried because I love that Cody has so many friends. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like Cody maybe doesn't have any friends his own age. Yeah. So, the third, the, our third episode here today, season two, episode six, titled A Family Picnic. Mm-hmm. Or a dangerous picnic in the sub. This is a very important episode for you personally. I mean, for me as well, but especially for you because... It's the return of Princess Mimi. It is. She is living in America, in New York, pursuing the fashion world, is what they say. Yeah, which I'm like, she's um, probably like 13 at most. She's just going to school in America. Yeah. But um, she has a great redesign. Oh, absolutely. My I favorite love of the her. redesigns. I love her new pink hair. Well, she also probably gets to have a redesign because she doesn't have to wear a school uniform. Yeah. and But also, like, I, it's kind of interesting because, like, when she was in Japan, she was, like, living, like, dressing, like, in a very American style. Right? She had this, like, Western well, we poncho have, with, we like, fringe. We had a theory that, like, Mimi might be half white. Yeah. But, but when she was living in Japan, she was dressing in, like, a very Americanized way. Mm-hmm. Now that she's living in America, she's kind of dressing in the way, like, back then. It was, like, what do you, what do they call it? Uh, she's a Gyaru girl. Gyaru, like, yeah. Like, like, a, very, like an American. Like, Japanese street fashion. Yeah. Um, well, that is interesting. Um. And she looks great. She's, her shirt's so got, like, a star on it. She this cool. episode in the dub takes place on a weekend. It does, on a um, Saturday. But in the sub, and this makes much more sense. Yeah. In the sub, it takes place during Golden Week, which in Japan is from uh, April 29th to uh, early May. So like, Is it just like a vacation week? Um, it is a week containing many Japanese holidays, so it is like the most popular time for people to take time off from work and schools are closed and stuff. Oh, I feel like that makes less sense for them to be doing that, because if there's holidays going on, they would have to be with their family on the holidays. No, I think it's- one of the holidays is Kids Day. 
So it's, okay. it's just like, um, and, and it's kind of like, you know, they're, I think they're supposed to be a little bit older. So they're just, they're hanging out with their friends. Um, also, uh, different, different customs. Um, so that's why there's no school in the original version instead of, a lot of my notes for this episode are just like, ugh, Mimi is so iconic. Yeah. Um, she says something about, like, being on New York Times still, and I'm just like, ugh, what a legend. Um, there's so she's a- flying into J- Japan just for a visit. Yeah, just because they, they have, the, they, all of her friends have the week off. Oh, oh, okay. And it might, it might also I see, okay. correlate, maybe there's like a spring break from her school, so. Yeah. We also get to see everyone's home lives. A little bit of, like, Davis has a really messy room. Yeah. Um. Yoli says something really funny at the store. Well, no, Yoli's mom, like, Yoli is, uh, her, her family owns the convenience store, which I get the feeling might be more of, like, a little, like, a mini mart. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because she's bringing all these salads and stuff because they're going to go on a picnic in the digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yoli says that she has the three bean salad, and her mom says it's actually two bean salad today. I ran out of the third bean. That's a great dub joke. It's so dumb, but it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and then Yoli's mom is like, How are you going to pay for this? And Yoli's like, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And then there's like five seconds of silence, and she goes, Talk to you later, and then runs away. <laughs> Um, Cody, we observed that his mom is making them sushi. Uh-huh. So I think not only Co- Cody might be autistic, but his family is also very traditional. Like, he, Yoli is bringing all these, like, very American salads, which I'm sure they have in Japan. Like, they have things like the three bean salad, potato salad, other stuff like that. But Cody is bringing sushi, prepared traditionally by his mom. He yeah. takes kendo lessons with his grandpa. He's very traditional and the young man. I love Cody. Yeah, he's a good boy. Um, then when uh, they sneak into the school, but Yoli f- refuses to sneak. And Cody's like, I don't have to sneak. I'm short. Yeah. It's funny because the bells are still going off, even though it's a Saturday. Well, that actually happens in schools. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I work in an elementary school in, in America, and when we have, like, snow days or, like, school delays or, like, half days and stuff, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the bell still rings even though it's, like, pa- like, no one's there. Interesting. Like, when we, when we went back to, like, in school for COVID, like, after COVID, mm-hmm. um, all the kids went home at one o'clock, but all the, uh, uh staff had to stay and, and like, clean and stuff and our school normally gets out at 3.30 so the bell would ring at 3.30 even though there were no kids there. Okay, cool. Um, uh, so Mimi also just walks into the school because they left the gate open. you forgot. Yoli absolutely roasts, eviscerates Davis because Davis says, I got into the school. Aren't I the greatest? And Yoli and Cody are like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever you say. And then it cuts to, like, them in the computer lab, and Yoli's like, I got us into the digital world. Aren't I the greatest? <laughs> They're so done. We had to pause the episode because I was laughing really They're hard. They're so done with I Davis. Hate, well, because I hate Davis. Um, but Mimi walks into the computer lab, 
And Mimi's here. Another day, another sleigh. Yeah. And uh, she gets her own uh, Digimon analyzer. That's, oh, that's right, she does. And I was like, God, what an icon. Yeah, I, that didn't even occur to me that she gets, she gets like, a screen, like, as if she's in the Digimon. <laughs> I was just like, yep, that's Mimi. And I'm like, oh, wait. That didn't even occur to me. It was just now. That's really funny. Um, this is also, me, unlike Joe and Matt, Mimi wasn't, like, summoned. No, Mimi by was Palm, just there. By Palmon. Yeah. But, um, that fits Mimi's vibe to me. Yeah. Like, less formal, um, I mean, she's American, so. Yeah. Or Americanized. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I once again have in my notes, Davis sucks, because they're, like, walking for this picnic. Oh, I had something to say before they go into the general Oh, uh, okay, I see it. Um, Yoling, sapphic icon. Women we'll love, see more of that later. Woman love woman legend. We'll, we'll, we'll see more of that later. She clearly is smitten with Mimi. It gets, yeah, we'll see more of that um, later too. Mimi is very hopeful that she'll get to see Palmon in the digital world. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. So Davis is something stupid. Yeah, they're like, um, they're like, maybe we should stop. TK says like, maybe we should stop and eat now. And Davis is like, no, we should keep going until, like, blah, 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 blah. And Kari's like, oh, I'm pretty hungry. I want to eat soon. And Davis is like, I think we should stop now. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Okay, to be fair, though, I think that you would also do that if I said I was hungry. Um. Not but I wouldn't frame it as, like, I had this great idea. I would I be like, oh, think... if you're hungry, then maybe we can stop. No, I don't think it was, like, the Davis had this great idea, because it's very clearly that, like, Davis did not have this great idea. The joke is supposed to be that, like, Davis immediately changes his mind once Kari, because he's so in love with Kari. Yeah. Um, I just, I think, I think this picnic in the digital world is a very cute idea. Come back, little sushi. Um. That's yeah. my attempt at a Hawkmon voice. It was very bad. And then Mimi makes a comment that, like, they would have never have attempted this in the old days. Yeah. And... Um, uh, that's a lie because they technically had picnics all the time because they were just eating outside. Yeah, well, they weren't traveling back and forth really, like, as uh, freely, which is also, like, a thing. Um, Hawkmon tries some sushi and Armadillomon throws it at Hawkmon, but because Hawkmon is gay, he's, uh, he can't catch things. Um, he, uh, bad at sports. Um, and Hawkmon says the iconic line as the sushi rolls away. Oh, come back, little sushi! <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. Um, uh, Funimation or whoever is doing the job for the reboot hire me to do Hawkmon. Yeah, and then um, they're chasing it, and they kind of Mimi falls through well, the earth. Um, Yoli and Hawkmon take off after it first. And then Mimi is like, I don't like that they're going off by themselves. Yeah. Because Mimi is an icon. She's a queen of compassion. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of just... I, I still don't oh, get I what also, happens. I also had a thing to say. Okay. Uh, Sushimon, the potential. The, yes. A lot of potential. I'm going to draw Sushimon and post it to our Twitter. Follow us at 2 Gays. Oh, do that, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's just like... A point that I wanted to make about this season so far is that the environments that, that we're getting to go to 
especially in these three episodes, like, we went to, like, clearly, like, Pueblo-inspired city. Mm-hmm. And then the tundra. A tundra. And now we're going to, like, a jungle beneath another jungle. It's... I don't get it. I think it's poorly... I actually think it's this is, like, the biggest weakness episode. No, I, mean, I disagree. I think it's it shows that it, it is giving us more of the digital world. But it's just, they don't, they never, what happens is Mimi, like, falls, and she falls through the earth to another jungle, which looks similar, but it's nighttime. Yeah. And then she just kind of wakes up, and somehow Yoli and Hawkmon are also there, and then, like, they spend the rest of the time in the nighttime jungle. But Because they they chose to go to this spot that they were at before for a picnic because there was no control spire there. And turns out the control spider was hidden beneath a sub-layer of the digital world. Layers. Because it's digital. Like an onion. Like digital formatting. It's layered. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I can't believe you didn't, you didn't get that. I got it. I or I can't stupid. believe that bothered you. I thought it was cool. Because they never explained it at all. They never said anything about it. She just wakes up in the same place but at night. But it's not night for the other kids. That's all it is. Because they're on a different layer. They're not in the same place. But they don't... That wasn't clearly depicted to me. I just thought it was stupid. That didn't bother me <laughs> at all. I And I didn't need to... I thought it was cool. I thought that it was neat that we have... We have not seen any single place that we went to in the first season. That's true. I do like that. And to me, it's like we're getting to explore the world... The digital world. Um... Which I promise might become relevant later. Maybe it's a theme. Maybe. Uh, But we do see that Mimi's friends, the Gekomon and Otamamon, have been enslaved by the Digimon Emperor. And so they have to run away from them and Mimi's kind of upset by this. And Mimi falls... And uh, she wishes that Palmon was there to help her. And just in her hour of need, Palmon springs her poison ivy vines. Yeah, I wrote, Pal- Mimi says, I wish Palmon was here to help me. And there was Palmon. She was right there. She was there. You just discovered that her name is Palmon. Thank- uh, you know what? Not, I thought we were going to keep this between Palmon. us. Not Palmon. What? What? Because, I mean, you can kind of gather that it's, like, a palm. name and mon, which a lot of people theorize that mon is, like, a file extension, like, dot mon, dot exe. Yeah, I like that. Um, so what did you think it was when it was palmon? P-A-O. I didn't think of... I... You didn't think of anything? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, palmon, it's, like... I like to think of it as a double meaning of like palm, like a palm frond, or pal, like she is Mimi's friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a very tearful reunion between Palmon and Mimi. Yeah, which and I think this the per- the biggest pur- purpose this episode serves is to give them a proper reunion slash because they didn't really get a proper goodbye in the last finale. It was like it was she had to yell it and like it was they had their whole thing. I, I think that's true. I think it's also, like, we we are seeing that Pal... Like, like Yoli gets to see that Palmon and P- Mimi have such a strong relationship. 
And it, it it's already kind of starting to mirror itself with the relationship between Yoli and Hawkman. Mm-hmm. But the Digimon Emperor discovers that they're in this area and he is going to send the Roachmon brothers. brothers. Poor camp. They're, they're funny. They're kind of more silly than scary. I think Wormmon on some, like, the pets can digivolve into Roachmon. Oh, that's interesting. So that's kind of fun. Their attack's funny, too. Their attack is dropping heavy things from the sky. Well, the their attacks are called Garbage Dump Attack and Yard Sale Bomb. Mm-hmm. So they just dump garbage out of the sky. That is funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, while while Mimi and Yoli and their Digimon are running away, Yoli has a daydream about her basically being married to Mimi. It's like... Well, the dub specifically says that she would be best friends with her sister if her sister were someone like Mimi. Yeah, and then it's like them making hard eyes at each other and floating in like big ball gowns. Yeah, it's very... And being like, we can live together forever. It looks very like revolutionary girl Utena. Um, that's like the, the art style that they use. Yeah. We got to see Halsman for the first time in a while. Well, we saw Halsman destroy the control spire with, um... Nofertimon and Pegasusmon in the last episode. Oh, that's right, we did. But I, I wrote about this episode that I loved that Mimi was there. The last episode did a pretty good job of like Joe's here, but also we're like learning more about Cody, um, through Cody's own individuality. I felt this episode and by and through Cody also Armadillomon. Um, I felt like this episode didn't do that as well in terms of balancing like the fact that Mimi's here and the fact that like Yoli is like the new character who's kind of the focus point of this episode as well it kind of came off to me like all of the development that Yoli has this episode is like in relation to Mimi and like because Mimi goes spoilers like leaves the end of the episode it doesn't really at the end of the episode we don't really know all that much more about Yoli than we already did other than she has a crush on Mimi and is maybe a lesbian and there's, like, not, like, Hawkmon doesn't really actually contribute much to this episode, I think. Like, there's not really a lot of, the dyna- like, right now, the dynamic between Yoli and Hawkmon is much less established, I think, than between Cody and Armadillomon or between Davis and Vimon. Well, we saw last season that one character in particular had a really strong bond with their Digimon, and that was Mimi and Palmon. Yeah. And I think this season, we've already established via Sora kind of telling us and what we've observed is that Mimi is a lot or Yoli is a lot like Mimi already so we don't really need any kind of more character development for Yoli to know that she's a lot like Mimi what we do learn in this episode is that she's bisexual because <laughs> uh, she very I thought she kind of flirted with Joe and then she's definitely flirting with Mimi mm-hmm. and that she looks up to Mimi, too, in a way. Where, like, Mimi... She kind of looks up to Mimi being compassionate and caring. But also, Mimi is the one that comes up with the strategy. Yeah, Mimi shines a light at the Roach Brothers to get them to crash into the spire and take it out. Yeah. So... Which, these spires are kind of weak as hell. And we got to see Palmon evolve into Togemon. I think that... I see what, you say, what you're saying. This episode is, like, all about Mimi, realistically. It's but, not a balance between her and Yoli. But I think that's also kind of, like... Well, we're not... We're not gonna... Um... We're... Not gonna see Mimi as often as we're gonna see the other kids. Yeah. Because no, I get, she lives in I, America. I get it. But they, then I wish they hadn't tried to shoehorn 
Because, like, by making it just Mimi and Yoli for most of the episode, it feels like they're also trying to have it be, like, a Yoli episode. And there's, like, no, like... Okay, but they also shoehorned Yoli out of the episode with Davis and Matt. Yeah. So, so. they put we're putting her back in. Yeah. To have one episode more focused on her. Yeah, I mean, overall, this was this was my favorite episode of the season so far, just because I thought all the Mimi stuff was really great. Yeah, and I thought Yoli was great, too. I thought they were... And I thought they were great together. They are great together. I agree. Um... So the the control spire is destroyed, and the Digimon Emperor says, "What a waste of a weekend!" Even though this is clearly a week off from school, um, and that he's going home. And Wormmon says, "Good, now I can finally watch my Saturday morning cartoons," which is funny because Digimon aired as a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Uh, what cartoons do you think Wormmon's watching? Digimon. They See you got, next time. They got me, gal. <laughs> um, Mimi says something that I said. I, I forgot what she said now. I didn't write it down. About what? But she says something and I wrote, Mimi is pro-choice. I have no idea. It's, she says something, something related to like the autonomy or like the, um, the freedom... I don't remember this at all. Yeah, Mimi's pro-choice. It's um, um can- uh, it's canon. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, pro-choice. Yeah. Uh. And this one period. Um, and but then we get to see Mimi not only reunite with Palmon, but she also gets to reunite with the Geckomon and Otamamon after they're freed from the Emperor's control, and they're so yeah. happy to see her, and she's so happy to see them. Yeah. <sighs> and then. The episode ends where they all are saying goodbye to Mimi. Yeah. And Yoli says that when she grows up, she wants to be just like Mimi. And then Mimi says nothing and then points and then points again. And then it cuts away and she says, perfecto. Which, and then the episode ends. But that's been Yoli's catchphrase. Perfecto? Yoli has said perfecto a bunch of times through this episode and the episodes prior. Oh, oh okay. So she, like, it's like... Mimi, oh, that's cute then. Mimi acknowledges Yoli as uh, an icon as well. That's cute, then. So that's the end of our coverage for today. It is. Um, you can follow us on Two Gays Pod on Twitter, and we're also available on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, donate to uh, abortion funds. We'll, we'll link them in our episode description. Oh, that's nice. So, if you have the time or the money, um, the world is scary and... Let's make it less scary. Let's make it less scary. <laughs> um, Talk to you later. Bye. Have an armadillo great day. Perfecto. Perfecto.